Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 88, Fearless Femme, the worthy wardrobe with Morgan Wider. Hey, my loves, I'm so excited again. When am I not excited to be with you? But I'm especially excited to be with you this week because I have a very special guest. And as I announced last week, we are in the midst of a podcast series, one that I'm titling Fearless Femme. And at the heart of this series, we're really talking about living our fertility journey lux. And if you missed last week's episode, definitely listen to episode 87, where I'm really giving you my working definition of what lux means on this journey. And the reason why I think living lux on this journey is so important is because at the heart of it, what we're talking about is having your emotional, physical, spiritual, and intellectual needs met on this journey. Like it's about having a full life in this process rather than being in that starvation austerity mode that so many of us just kind of fall into. Just, I don't know why, maybe because somebody told us that if we want too much or we live too well, that, you know, we're greedy or selfish or all the other bullshit stories that come along with that. But it has a psychological impact when you literally starve yourself of pleasure, of getting all of the support you need, as I said, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, and physically, you can't be that vibrant soul that you want to be to be welcoming this baby. And that is a necessity. You have to have a life-affirming view of this journey, a life-affirming attitude, a life-affirming way of being, because what the hell are you doing on this journey? You're trying to call in a life, right? So in this episode, we're going to take it to the next level. And I have invited somebody very special onto the podcast, my friend, Morgan Wider. Now, here's what you need to know about Morgan. She is the head of her very own wardrobe styling consulting firm. She has over a decade of leadership experience at major retail giants. And she has also written a book earlier this year titled The Worthy Wardrobe, Your Guide to Style, Shopping, and Soul. Now, so many of us get completely disconnected with things that we we consider kind of frivolous, right? On this journey, like the most important things to us when we don't control our mind on this journey and when we lost track of our real priorities, we'll just focus on, oh, I got to take all these supplements. I just got to get to the doctor's office. Uh, you know, I, I need to twist myself into a pretzel doing this fucking yoga and, and, and then I'll get pregnant. And we totally let our personal artistic expression through our wardrobe, the way we feel, All of those things fall by the wayside. And this is why I raised in our last episode, hey, living lux and having all of these needs met is not just a waste of your time. It's not an extra. It's a necessity because this feeds directly into our sense of femininity. And when you're trying to conceive, you better be connected to your fucking feminine energy, right? This is why I brought Morgan here is because Morgan understands that 
our wardrobe, the way we dress, the way we style ourselves in, in the world isn't just about being pretty for other people. It's about expressing who we truly are. So if you're feeling even the least bit disconnected from your femininity, maybe confused about what that is, and you know, and or maybe you have this old freaking story that says topics like this or, you know, looking at the way that you dress or the way you style yourself is is just silly. Buckle up, baby, because you're going to learn some really powerful lessons because this isn't just about the way you show up in the world. This is about how you see your body, how you see yourself, your dreams and all of that good stuff. So here is my conversation with the gorgeous, amazing, brilliant, and just all around awesome Morgan Wider. Morgan! It's so good to see your face. I know. It's so good to see yours. Okay. I am going to steal whatever you got on your head, girl. It is this. This is the, I tried a new hair product two days ago and my curls look a mess and (laughs) we got to do something. I am so excited. I did not get on with Roseanne looking like a curly mop top. So this is. Oh, oh, well, I am so, so delighted to, to be with you. And I'm just so honored to have you on because. Oh my gosh. I feel the same way. Like you're such a big deal. So like. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah. No, I, I'm just like, I, I was thrilled to find out that you wrote a book and I just, the topic just makes my heart sing. When I was discussing with my team that I wanted to do a series on, on, you know, femininity and, and luxury mm-hmm. living on the fertility journey, because I mean, anything that it goes beyond barely surviving on the fertility journey is a luxury in our world. So, and when I read all about your book and what you were doing, I'm like, this woman needs to be preaching to my ladies mm-hmm. and be talking about how it's not just getting dressed. It's yeah. it's about so much more. So, so much more. I am yeah, so I've, I've had a few clients who I think hopefully should be following you because I've sent them to you. Oh, um, that's awesome. Knowing that's- that they're on their journey. You are just out here changing lives. So the title of your book is The Worthy Wardrobe, Your Guide to Style, Shopping, and Soul. So good. Thanks. Thank you. So good. Well, and so let me give you some background. So the way that, I mean, this is why this, this book really spoke to me was the way that you look at the worthy wardrobe, the way that you see this is about, it's really about loving yourself. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Because one of the things that my ladies struggle with when things aren't working for them on this journey is loving themselves, feeling feminine, anything beyond merely subsisting and surviving Mm -hmm. seems out of reach. We, we toss anything having to do with our personal style, how we feel aside and we just sort of exist, but, but you're coming at, you know, the subject of, of clothing and the way that we express our femininity from a completely different angle. So I would love for you to, to just, I'm just winding you up and just like <laughs> with this girl. Cause this is, this is your thing. I, um, you know, the way that you describe that, I thought a lot about your audience, although I'm not yet on the motherhood journey, I can relate to your audience and thinking that you want to like, you're an overachiever, right. And you're the smart woman. And I know your story of like, the lawyer and you do you want to be known as this this incredibly intelligent powerful woman and a lot of including myself 
think that clothes are superficial, right? And and if you're on the fertility journey, you're also thinking like, I, I'm too consumed with everything else, something quote unquote more important to be thinking about what clothes I put in every day. And so I was one of those women who thought that I wanted my looks to be second to everything else. And I didn't realize that how I treated my body and how I clothed myself was a reflection of how I thought about myself. And so I think a lot of us, especially those high performing women, we quote unquote want to be taken seriously, but we don't realize that we're worthy of being seen as complete women and not just for our minds or our brains or for our, for our ovaries, right? Like we, it's, it's all connected. How I, I say that clothes are a barometer of our inner thoughts. So like, so, so within, so without. So that's what's so important for me. Yeah. So, so good. And you know, what's so funny because one of the things, one of the quotes that I love, like from your book is this idea that why loving yourself is a precursor to having a sense of style. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because when I was in the courtroom five days a week, you know, almost 10 years, I had a uniform. I literally had a uniform and I, I talked about, <laughs> I talked about it in my own book. It was like super tailored black theory suit. Like I had a closet mm-hmm. full of theory suits and Manolo Blahniks. But what was weird about that, and I think this dovetails into what you were saying was, is I thought that the only way that I could fit in, the only way that I could express myself was if, I mean, like it just, I wore black all the time. They used to call me Johnny Cash in the courthouse because <laughs> I knew, like I might throw in an Hermes scarf every now and then to hey. like mix it up. But there was a part of me that really wanted to come out, but I, it didn't. And, and the woman you see today with pink and blue hair and a Metallica t-shirt is like more in alignment with who I actually am. I mean, I still love the theory suit. I mean, right. Those are, I'm sure your suits are great, impeccably like beautiful suits, but still there was like a, there was, there was a, a hiding in some ways. And I say that a moo can be anything like you were, you were checking part of yourself at the door, you know, like my moo was sweatpants and maxi dresses. You're cause you're so fabulous. Your moo was theory suits and Manolo's, but like, you know, but it was still a part of you that you were checking at the door. And that's what this, this book is all about is like, how do you align your soul and yourself? And, and I, and you mentioned that quote in the book, of loving yourself as a precursor to style that came from, I've had a few clients who most of my clients are incredible women, powerhouse women who know that image matters and they just need help. Like they don't have the time or they're not clear on the direction. The few clients that have come to me who don't love themselves or who don't think they're worthy, it was impossible to dress them because anything I put them in, they didn't like because they didn't like themselves. So like, I can't dress you. And if you don't like what's in the reflection in the mirror to begin with, whatever we put on you, whether it's theory, whether it's, you know, Hermes, like whatever, you're not going to like it because you don't like the person wearing it. And so that's a big part of the catalyst of the book was let me help you love yourself and know that you're worthy of everything that you desire. And then we can talk about clothes. Wow. That is so good. And it's such a strong message that I think women really need to hear because it's easy to blow off style as frivolous, but it's an expression. Absolutely. So, so why don't you talk us through a little bit about like, how do you approach this? Let's say a woman who has maybe been out of the game a little bit, as far as like <laughs> taking care of herself or like even wrapping her head around this idea that her wardrobe is an expression of who she is and where she's at. Like, how would you even begin to sort of 
approach that with someone? The first question I ask every client and every workshop I do is, what do you want to be known for? Like, what are the things, like, what is important in your values and your personality? What do you want people to think about you when you walk into the room? And what do you want them to say when you walk out of the room? And the reason I get people to think about that is because first impressions matter. And even if you quote unquote know who you're around, the brain is still making assumptions about people based on what we wear. So again, 60% of a first impression is based on image. And that first impression is, do I trust this person? Do I like this person? Do I feel safe? Like how educated they are? Like our brains do that. So close, literally, are you putting your, you know, you've heard this, but put your best foot forward. So when you get clear on what it is you want to be known for and give yourself permission to be known as being a badass or being known to being feminine, like those are, we have to give ourselves permission to, to own those words. And then we can build the wardrobe that goes from there. So, okay, if you want to look like a badass, a Metallica t-shirt is absolutely a required thing in your closet. You know what I mean? Like, you know, then then we can put those pieces together, but unless we're clear on what, on what our, our, our descriptors are and our quote unquote brand is, then we can't get anywhere from there. Right. Right. No, I totally get that. And so let's also talk about this body love concept, this, you know, this, because this is something that especially women who are really mad at their ovaries, really mad at their uterus, you know, really feeling like their body is betraying them by, you know, struggling to conceive, like this idea that, you know, sometimes we get told, like, I mean, it's funny because this happens in the fashion industry just as much as it does in so many other places that, hey, you have to be a certain way. And for women stuck on this journey, they're like, well, you're kind of useless because your ovaries aren't working or your uterus is being defiant or whatever it is. But loving your body and having acceptance, I mean, that's massive. It's huge. And in in your work, it's everything, right? Like if you if you are if there is that disconnect between your ovaries and, and your reproductive organs and your heart and your head, things aren't flowing. And so I use clothes to honor your body, like show that you love yourself by putting on clothes that honor. So like if it's a fabulous pair of panties and a bra set, that's going to show that you love that area or, you know, like seriously, whatever ritual you can use to show that you and show other people that you love your body. Like that's, that's important. Like when you're going to these fertility appointments, looking like you've invested in yourself and your image and knowing that you're showing up on and, and, and in love with yourself is, is going to be a game changer for how the, your doctors and nurses treat you, but also how you, you command respect, you know, like it's all, it's all related, like how, how we dress and how people treat us and how we even treat ourselves. There are studies after studies that show it's, it's, it's a big ball of, we're all in bed together. <laughs> it's wow. yeah. Well, so what are some of your thoughts on that? Because it's really, I mean, I think as women, um, especially women like us who, you know, we kind of, we kind of do things a little differently. We're not willing to fall in line with, with what, you know, the mainstream, you know, says is this is beauty or this is that it's like, how does a woman begin to wrap her head around owning her uniqueness and, and, and loving that body? Like, how do you help your clients do that? I think that it goes back to permission, right? We have to be willing to say, I don't want, it's okay for me to not look like everybody else, right? And accept that my journey and my purpose in life is going to be different than everyone else's. Like I, my journey to to where I am is not looking like yours and that's okay. If my journey is different, then my image and my wardrobe can also be different. That's the first step. 
The second step when it comes to body love and acceptance is your body is perfect just the way that it is. And I was just talking, I did, I'm talking to a woman who has MS yesterday and she spent so much time beating up on herself and she was old that she was crazy because this was years ago before MS was, you know, really recognized. And I said, your body and your, like your MS is part of your purpose to help 80,000 of your followers know what it's like. And so you, whatever you're going through, whether it's for your fertility challenge or your ovaries, that, that's part of your story and your testimony, your triumph. Let's honor that with clothes that show that you still love yourself. And, and this, in the fashion industry with sizing, sizing is a mind fuck. Like, and I talk about that in the book, like it, it is literally, it's literally, I hope I can say that. On your oh, girl, I know you, but it's, it's a mind fuck. And, and it was, and it's purposely built to be a mind fuck because sizing is a proprietary aspect of a brain. It goes back to the target customer. So if something doesn't fit you, it's because you may or may not be that target customer, the target brand. So you, Roseanne, you were theories probably in their target demo. So they fit you perfectly. Theory doesn't fit me for a lot of different because of my hips mainly, but like, that's okay. And I have to accept that that was a corporate decision made in an office, probably New York or maybe Milan that has nothing to do with me. And so when you can accept that, like the world's not against you and the retail world's not against you, find what you like, get a tailor, get it altered and figure out what works for you. It's a game changer. Like quit beating yourself up over something as frivolous as whether or not a pair of pants fit you or not. Okay. You have things to worry about. My mind <laughs> is blown right now. Like I would have never even considered mm-hmm. like, you know, it's so funny. Cause I remember when I was going through fertility treatments, I had packed on like no, no like exaggeration. I think I had Pack down another 10 to 15 pounds. Right. And, and I went from a zero in theory to like a four, like I couldn't even button my pants. Like, mm-hmm. and I was freaking devastated. Yeah. But now when I look at those, like, I mean, I just got rid of a whole bunch of them. Cause like, I'm not in the courtroom anymore. There's really no right. reason for me to hold on to those. Like when I think about that, that there was like no room for a butt. There was like no room for like a. Lim- and that's their target demographic, and that's okay. And that's yeah. so like you you find a brand, and so literally, and I talk about this because my corporate experience was at the Gap Inc., where you have three different main brands of the Gap, Banana Republic, and Old Navy. Your jeans at three different brands is going to fit differently in the same size six, size eight, size twelve, because the target customer for those three brands is different. Their lifestyle, where else they shop their, you know, like, do they have kids? Do they not have kids? Their income level? Like all of those things we factored into to determine what a quote unquote size six or size eight measurements were. So do not be, I mean, and granted your body and, you know, with your own fertility treatments, like your, your body's going to fluctuate. But if you go to, if all things normal, if you go to get your pair of pants from your theory one year, one season, and then the next season, they don't fit the same. It's probably not you. It's probably their fit model and their specs and their customer ID might have changed. So do not beat yourself up. Oh my God. Like I am so like, I've got a whole set of journal topics. Just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to make peace with how much I tortured myself. Do not, do not. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's again, it's about permission and acceptance. And if something doesn't fit, that's okay. Go to the, no one sees, no one knows the size tag. They just know if it doesn't fit. Right. So if you couldn't fit into those size fours, go up to the size six. If it's too big, go get yourself a tailor who can make them perfectly for you. Every every body type and size needs a tailor because clothes aren't made 
for the they're not made for the masses they're made for their one fit model in their corporate office so like you trying to think that like these pants don't fit me they weren't supposed to they're supposed to fit the fit model give yourself a break you ladies literally have more important things to worry about than whether or not a pair of pants fit you like just go get yourself go up a size give your tailor more room in the back to take them in and you'll be feeling fabulous and then as you grow and, and when the baby comes, you know, like find clothes that you can grow with you, but do not beat yourself up about clothes. Okay. So like in, in just a few minutes, you've literally <laughs> changed my life because next time I go shopping, I am going to be like, this size has nothing to do with me. This is a fit. It's nothing. Yes. Yes. I gave my, I gave this book to my client, one of my clients. I was like, read this before we go shopping. And she told me, she's like, I'm so glad I did this sizing chapter because now, like I used to wear a size 10, but in some brands I'm up to a size 14. And I now know not to take it personally. I'm like, exactly. Like it's nothing to do with you. And if you do gain weight, that's okay. Your bodies are supposed to evolve and change. And the love of yourself should not be dependent on your weight. It should not be dependent on how your ovaries perform. Like you are worthy and, and lovable as you are. Oh my goodness. Well, and that's like, that, that reminds me of one of the stories that you told in the book about how, um, two of your clients, I think it was Hannah and Stephanie, one Hannah having a new wardrobe, helped her start respecting herself. And then with Stephanie, like this story about her refusing to go up a size in shopping. So talk to us about that, because I want these women to really get this in their soul that, you know, this is really important. Um, let's talk about Stephanie first. So Stephanie is a good friend of mine and Stephanie had always kind of like, you always been a size zero size two. Didn't like her body was always complaining that she didn't have a butt literally overnight. She grew a butt, didn't like her butt. She was complaining that her clothes didn't fit. And I was like, dude, like whatever, like, I don't like, you got what you asked for. And when we would go shopping because she was no longer that size two, that, that concept of sizing, she, she would walk out of the store and wouldn't buy anything. So she was inspiration really for me to expand upon. I would try to preach her all the time. Like it doesn't matter, but again, don't let that number define who you are. And then with Hannah, that story is, um, incredibly near and dear to my heart, especially for, for you ladies out there where Hannah was a mom of two. I had gone to her house and she was, we walked into the master bedroom and the master closet was filled with her husband's clothes. None of her, like he was a basketball coach and he had, all of his clothes in the master bedroom closet, all of the sneakers from like companies that would give him like none of her clothes were in the closet and our shoes and like just boxes of sneakers throughout the whole bedroom in the closet. So I said, where are your clothes? So she walks me over to her nine-year-old daughter's room and she and her nine-year-old daughter are sharing a closet. And the little girl has, you know, like brand new clothes from justice and all like they're thrown on the, the, the house or the room. And her clothes are like the most outdated. She hadn't shopped for herself in years. And she had a 10-year-old son who had more sneakers and just like his father. And so we went shopping together and she, you know, she, we found some great stuff um, all within her budget of, I think, $2,000. And she texted me a couple of days later. And she's like, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night feeling guilty about shopping for myself. Like I keep thinking like this money could be used on my kids. This money could be used on, you know, like I've just never invested in myself. But on the flip side, it feels really good because people are treating me differently. And she said, self-respect feels good on me. And so I encouraged her to put yourself first because you're showing your daughter what it means to love yourself as a woman. And you're showing your son what it means for a, a man to respect his wife or what a role of a woman is. So, I mean, again, 
it's not just about the clothes. It's about how you treat yourself and how you value yourself and your wardrobe reflects that. Well, and it's also the sense of, of, of really seeing yourself as empowered, even in your own relationship. Like, are you serious? Like Mm -hmm. this, this woman who has birthed two children, her husband is, you know, is a professional. She's, you know, she's keeping all these things together. She was also proficient, by the way. She was also still, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she actually had a real job too. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy the way that we discount ourselves, you know, like it's like, you're an equal you're in this, you're, you're essentially, I mean, because you and I, I think you and I both agree that, you know, we, as women in our relationships, we, we're the keepers of our relationships. We set the tone and it makes perfect sense that she was willing to tolerate kind of being on the back burner. Um, Literally. Yeah. Yeah. And so or that kind of the part of that transformation of demanding more for herself and I'm sure I never met the husband. I'm sure he was a great guy, but if she had no value or investment in clothes or herself, why wouldn't he take over the whole closet? You know what I mean? Like you can't be mad at him for that because she didn't stand up for herself or she wasn't investing in clothes the way that he was. And, And that trickled into every aspect of that family dynamic, like you said. Yeah. I mean, it, and I love the way you characterize it as an investment because it is. Absolutely. So, so how would you, I mean, like, let's say you're working with a client who doesn't quite get that, you know, like doesn't understand that it's an investment, like that we as women have to invest in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you approach that with someone who's having a hard time wrapping their heads around that? Cause like, it doesn't matter how much money somebody makes. Somebody mm-hmm. could be making a shit ton of money yep. and still see this as frivolous or yeah. see it as you know, this isn't as important as anything else. Like, how do you approach that? Honestly, Roseanne, I don't. That's not my client. Yes. You you and I come from the same (laughs) stock of women and we were told that go where you're wanted, not where you're needed. I can't change your mind. I can help you once your mind is changed. But if you aren't going to value the investment of your image, you're not going to invest in my services. Fine. Cool. But again, I no longer work with women who need convincing about themselves or about this process. And that's kind of why I wrote the book was to help women learn that importance, but it's not my job to convince you on my time. Yeah, (laughs) 100%. I mean, yes, we are definitely cut from the same cloth in that way. I mean, it's also, you know, because we're similar in that sense where we work with women who, yeah, they may not understand how all of this stuff works. They may be a little scared but they leap. They realize yeah, they trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. trust the process and they, and they leap. I mean, one of the things that drives me out of my mind, especially in 2020 is this idea that we have to ask anyone for permission for anything. Like, like one of the things that will like, I immediately are like, hell no, it's a hell no for me is, um, I need to ask my husband. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I get that too. Absolutely get that. Like, okay. Is he wearing the clothes too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, but it's an excuse. Yeah, it's an excuse. It it's it's Absolutely. like the world's oldest, most lame excuse yeah. Yeah. that whether you're working on your mind or you're working on your wardrobe, do you really need to ask somebody for permission to do that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And all of those things of working on your mind, your wardrobe, your mindset will make you a better spouse. You know, like you yeah. show 
you show up differently for yourself. So then that changes the dynamic of everything. So you quote unquote asking for permission to be your best self is that's not the way to go about this. <laughs> like no, I, having no. a conversation is one thing, but asking for permission, absolutely not. No. And as a coach, I can't coach somebody who is going to need their partner's permission to become their best self. Right. Or validation. Like I, I've had clients say, oh, can I bring my spouse or can I bring my girlfriend with us, with us to the shopping session? I'm like, no, I don't style by committee. Like if you don't love it, then, then I can't help you. You know, like there's, it, this is for you and I to me to guide you and you to like how you feel. You don't need any outside voices telling you what works or what doesn't because they have an opinion of you. Like I'm an objective source. Your spouse or your best friend or your mother may be wanting you to look a certain way or play this role and not grow and evolve. And so what am I here for then? What am I here for? Right. No. Oh, I I just love that. (laughs) I love the look on your face. You're like, (laughs) I don't go there. I don't go there. Well, so there was another quote from the book that I just loved, just, just loved. And you said, Holding on to things that no longer serves you sends a message to God that you don't trust her enough to take care of all of your needs. Amen. That blew me away. Mm-hmm. Talk to, I, I would love to, for you to rain down some wisdom on that. And it's so, just, I think it's something my ladies need to hear. I talk a lot, uh, there are a couple of chapters in the book about cleaning out your closets and how cleaning out your closets is a spiritual experience because when you're hoarding or holding on to things, it's um, it's not it's a fear of the future and a clinging to the past, and it's not acknowledging the present. And so, if you can't acknowledge who you are right now, the woman that you are right now, then then you can't move forward. And it's also about trusting that God has something in store for you that you don't know what it could be, and it could be bigger and better and beyond what your wildest dreams are. And I know that you preach that to your ladies about being a mom, like you have to have faith. So holding on to things in your closet that you quote unquote might need, if you're not wearing them now, you don't know what you might need in the future because you don't know what the future looks like. And holding on to it is telling God that you don't trust her or him or or it, the universe, mm-hmm. to provide for you when you get there. So it's really is like it's a it's a faith. Your closet is a reflection of your beliefs and keeping things that no longer serve you do not make you feel good. Like you keeping those theory suits that no longer are part of your life. That's just a reminder of who you used to be. Take a photo and put it on Facebook for that. Like you don't need your closet to, to remind you of that at all. And you know that you're not going back there, like holding on to a plan B of what, just in case I go back to corporate, you're not going back to corporate. And if you should choose to, God will give you the money to go buy those theory suits again. Simple. Yeah. As- oh, it's so true. It is so, so true. And you know, it, the one thing that I do need to get rid of is I still have my Adidas track suits that I wore when I was taking the bar exam. I literally <laughs> got on Adidas's website, bought the straight up run DMC. I love that. That is such a boss move. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I, I, cause they tell us, you know, in the three days of the California bar, they say, you don't want to think about anything extraneous. So I, I went on there and I'm like, who do I want to go in as? I'm like, I want to go in there. Like I own the place. You're so fucking cool. <laughs> three Adidas originals. I still have them perfectly stacked in my closet. I can't quite let them go but like does the, I, does the jacket still fit oh yeah yeah so they're wearing with a the leather skirt or leather pant or something like that where yeah, the jacket I, was like yeah 
Yeah, I, I have to wear them open. I can't quite like zip. It's okay. Up my body Yeah, with a cute tank underneath it, you could totally pull that off. Oh yeah, you know that. what? I'm gonna insta that just for you, and I'm gonna tag yeah. you in that because I now I'm inspired. I'm like I I have a use now. I can repurpose these things. Absolutely. Um, because I I want all of these women listening to be reaching out to you and and to be revitalizing themselves on this journey through their wardrobe, through the way they feel about their bodies, and all of these things. And so you started to tell us what the steps were to help a woman build a new wardrobe. So you, first of all, ask, you know, said you ask a question, you know, what do you, what's the impression you want people, what do you want people to be thinking? What do you want essentially that? So why don't you walk us through the steps if you wouldn't mind? Absolutely. So we have a conversation of what do you want to be known for? Talk about that. We talk about your body type and your body size so that we can learn how do you feel about your body? What areas we want to focus on, detract from all those things. The next step is the closet. And most people are like, well, can't we just go shopping? I'm like, no, I got to see what's in your closet. So virtually or in person, we go through item by item, what stays, what goes, what do you love? What don't you love? What can we build upon? Like for me, I love leopard. So like I, most things go back to leopard somehow, some way I have a leopard head wrap on right now. Me and me seeing inside of your closet tells me a lot about you, of what, what holes we need to fill. Because this is not just about frivolously buying just to buy, but strategically building your wardrobe, right? So what holes we need to fill, what we should expand on, like what works really well, what doesn't work at all that we got to get rid of. And we are literally clearing mental, emotional, and physical space for the new. So we do that closet clean and then virtually or in person, I shop for clients, totally customized to their body type, to that personal brain, to what they already have. I, I have a tool that I use where you have your own online kind of shoppable Pinterest board that's private to you. We, I create, curate the wardrobe. You purchase the things or I go with you. I fly to wherever you are and we go shopping together. And then when those items arrive, we go back to your home and your closet. And how do we now maximize everything that you bought? So how do we com- bring those leopard pumps in with your red dress and your jeans? And we mix and match and pick photos. So you have an idea of a fully functioning wardrobe that helps you get dressed each morning feeling good. So now when you're walking in your closet, your closet's reflecting who you are right now and not and not the past. And then after that, I just you text me photos and you tell me how great you feel after that. But it's usually, you know, a three to four week process of investing in your image and, and evolving yourself. Oh man, I love that. I love how you said reflect you want the your wardrobe to reflect who you are today. 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 That's- so yeah. that's so for some good. of your future moms and i've worked with a couple of i've worked with a few women who are at the start of this fertility journey we're consciously thinking okay we're gonna need things with elastic waistbands we need things that are going to be a little bit flowy like we are absolutely who you are right now but then giving yourself the grace and expectation that a baby will be here soon and your body will be changing so let's Let's make sure that we're strategic in things that are going to grow with you. Literally. Oh, I love that. I love putting it out into the universe that these clothes are, are ready for baby. I'm ready for baby. This is, this is all like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I'm, you're not going to be able to wipe the smile off my face all day. Cause I, I just, I love what you're doing in the world. I love that you are doing it. And I love that you bring so much passion and certainty to what you're doing. And Oh, and I have to ask, I know you kind of touched on this a little bit. You're, you know, talking about 
us really dressing to make an impression. We got to get people out of their granny panties. We got to get people to respect that very, that's the, you know, the way. Sacred that, temple, the yeah. sacred temple of your body. I actually talk about, there's a section in the book about bras and panties and your bra is sitting over your heart chakra. So when I see a woman who doesn't have a supportive bra or like an old bra, like you don't think you deserve to be supported. So like investing in beautiful lingerie, my mother, I got this from my mother and she's always, she has lingerie for days, but that was part of her. I honor my femininity each morning when I put, when I get dressed each morning, like, and those parts are what's going to make your baby. And you have to honor those with the undergarments that you put on every day. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Morgan, I fucking love you. I'm just so, I mean, I'm telling you, I, my, when I'm done here, I'm just going to be on cloud nine for like the rest of the day. And- I love, I, this is going to sound really weird, but I remember the first time I saw you, I'm like, gosh, she's so cool. And I was like, I want to be her friend. I was like, really? <laughs> was oh, the feeling- I remember it. Was- the the feeling is mutual so my loves the book is called the worthy wardrobe your guide to style shopping and soul by the amazing morgan wider so tell us how we can how everyone around the world who's listening to this can get a hold of you where they can find your book just give us all the details because i know it's going to be flying off the shelf I claim and receive that the book is available on amazon um it's also on barnesandnoble.com um so where most books are sold, most of us buy books on Amazon. So the book is available on Amazon. You can learn more about me and get in contact with me at morganwider.com. So M-O-R-G-A-N and then W-I-D-E-R. Longer, bigger, and wider. That's that's. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for being with us. I I just love that we were able to approach this topic in, in such a smart and empowered way. And it's, it's just a delight. It's, it, it makes my heart sing to see you so vibrant and to see you kicking ass in the world. So thank you for sharing that with us. Appreciate you. And thank you for giving this platform to share with your incredible women. And God bless all of you ladies listening out there. Your, your joy is absolutely coming. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Loves, I have a feeling you are probably in love with Morgan as much as I am. So just think to yourself, where could you be 12 months from now? Where could you be a year from now? Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're listening to this, just project 12 months from now. Where could you be if you were styling your body, styling your mind, and ultimately styling your life to set you up for success on this journey? Remember, remember the message in this podcast series is all about fearless femme. And we're talking about really getting you in touch with all of the resources within you mind, body, soul, intellect, all of this stuff. Like what if you could laser focus all of this goodness onto your goal of becoming a mom? You will become a powerhouse when you do that. Loves, if you're ready to think, believe, and take action like a woman who succeeds on this journey, we need to chat. My Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind, and body so you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. I work with women committed to success. To apply for your interview for this revolutionary program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodologies help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, love, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, 
change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.